We have one task, to proclaim the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. The whole church must be mobilized to bring the whole gospel to the whole world. This is our calling. These are our orders. The whole church mobilized. Imagine if that would happen in today's Europe. Every believer being a missionary in his or her own everyday life. Welcome to the mobilization podcast at the Lausanne 2020 conversation. My name is Steele Christian Landa, and you just heard Billy Graham speaking at the very first Lausanne Congress in 1974. So this month we'll do some wrestling with this topic, with a challenge that Billy Graham once gave. And uh, to help us in that, we have a guest who is not only the general secretary of IFS Latvia, but uh, he's also a former wrestler at the top European level. So um, he should be quite qualified. But before you meet him, I would like to share the story of how God challenged me to be a missionary in my everyday life. For several years, I combined mission ministry around in Europe with working at the supermarket back home in Norway. To be honest, the motivation for my work was mainly to finance my mission activities. But then one day, God challenged me, stopped me, saying something like this. Christian, you're not in that shop to earn money. You're there, first of all, to represent me. That challenge became the start both to a change mindset and an exciting journey where I was quite surprised to see that God had been at work in the shop long before I even thought about joining in. If you want to know how it all went, you can ask me at the gathering in Poland. But no. To the wrestler. He lives in Riga, he's married to Eva, the father of Luis, and uh, together they have a dog. Ulvis Kravales, welcome. I know that you are passionate about this, about living as a missionary in your everyday life. But I also know that the reason that you came to faith, to know Jesus, was that someone else uh, did the same. So before we look at today's situation, uh, I would like to ask if you could Tell us a bit about how it all started, how you came to faith. Thank you, Christian. I'll gladly do that. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Ulvis, and uh, I've lived in Riga for most of my life. Um, and I come from a non-Christian family. When I was 17 years old, there was a guy who came to our practice. Um, he was a very skinny, 30-year-old uh, dude who uh, appeared to be uh, our coach's son, uh, Henry, his name. Is. And uh, he, I didn't know anything about him. I just like knew, okay, I learned that coach's son just decided to uh, join us in trainings. And, uh, and I thought, that's weird. He's a, he's a skinny guy in his 30s. Like what, what future in wrestling is for him and things like that, you know. <laughs> and then I learned his life story that he, uh, he had uh, left home at the age of uh, 16 or 17, uh, started independent life with different uh, criminal activities and, and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and, and different kind of uh, yeah, criminal activities of uh, stealing money and, and just bribing people. And basically a very dark, dark place where he was. And he tried to commit suicide for three or four times in his life. And he failed all, all the times. And then he was looking for true love, which he found in, in Christ. Um, of course, God challenged him and invited him to 
uh, reconcile with his father. So they were in, in an argument. So they didn't talk, they didn't have any relationship. But then he came to his father, which was my coach, and asked for forgiveness and, uh, and shared that he became a Christian and his life radically changed after meeting Jesus. And his father, my coach, accepted two sons in one. <laughs> so his own son and also son of God as his Lord and Savior. <laughs> And he started to train with us. And that was the story. And then while training with us six days a week, he was just sharing his life stories about very random things. Through these stories, I learned all the, all the despair he had, depression, and, uh, and how he wanted to kill himself and failed and, and how he was looking for love. And, then, and also about how he found Jesus. And that the Jesus, yeah, he's just, he was talking to Jesus being as real as uh, as the pen I was holding on to, or as as the door I, I saw, or as as just things around me, and I, that really struck me. It's like, wow, this this is something totally new. Long story short, uh, it took nine months of everyday witness from him, but honest witness, not only acting nicely, being polite, and and all that stuff, but also just sharing openly about Jesus, what what Jesus is for him. Mm. what Jesus has done in his life, sharing some Bible stories. Whenever he traveled with us uh, to some competitions, he was just warming up with us. And, and, and in wrestling competitions, you have, to, you have a wrestling match and then you have to wait for two or three hours until your next one. <laughs> and all day is like that. And in, those, in the middle of all those things, he was just sharing stories from the Bible, which I found really astonishing and mind-blowing that God chooses 300 people uh, to face a big army and defeats them. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense, but it sounds so, so exciting. I want to be somehow part of this. And, and all these emotions that were like up and down. And, and then we went to European Championship together and, and I joined him and he, he just saw people, as he said, just going to hell and just uh, drinking and fornication and just uh, strip clubs uh, and drinking everyone there. Like it was in, in, in Bulgaria in one, of the resorts by the Black Sea. And he was like, I cannot, I cannot watch this. I have to go and tell them about Jesus. And then he said, do you want to come with me? And I was like shocked, said, yes, I will. And then I was just standing next to him as he was preaching the gospel on the streets to people who were giving, handing out flyers about joining into the strip club or, or things like that. And, and, and I saw how people were touched that uh, there was this one guy, he said, he approached the guy, he started sharing about Jesus with him, and he started crying just right there. And five mm. people, five men around him, they're like, oh, everyone's shocked, what's going on? And he said, you, have, you can stop this thing right now. You can turn to Jesus, give your heart to him, and he's going to restore your life. And he just started weeping uh, because mm. he was desperate because he has to sustain his family. He has a wife and three kids, and he has nothing else to do. And he's just working for this thing. And that was really, really powerful. I, I really saw that this Jesus he's t preaching about is real for him and he's really real for other people that he uh, connects with. And, uh, and after nine months of this kind of experiences and also personal questions to me, he, he just texted me and asked me, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? And uh, I usually don't go around and threaten people with hell if I try to say that, right? But, uh, but at that context, in that situation, that was the right question to ask. And I mm. had to answer to myself, to Henry, and also to God, because I realized God is, he is there. I was, I had prayed, God, if you're there, can you help me with this? And usually all the things happens like eight times in a row, as, as we call it, holy coincidences, they just <laughs> happened. And then this question came, what's going to happen to you? And are you going to fall? And I, I, 
translate it into my heart and mind as a question, are you going to follow me? Or are you going to be aware that I'm there and just ignore me? Keep trying to live your life as though I don't yeah. exist, but you know I'm there. Mm -hmm. That was that was very uh, challenging. And I had to answer that evening to him and to myself and to God that, yes, I, I believe I believe that God is real. Yeah. And some days later, um, I, I went to this evangelization event and officially uh, accepted Jesus. But uh, I, I would say that Holy Spirit was present through Henry and all in my life, all, even before that. But uh, that's my story. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 cool that you know he he definitely did activities like he did street evangelism. I hear. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's it's beautiful. Let's let's do a lot of activities, but uh, in your case, it was the fact that he was actually just present in the club, being part of a club, and just you know being open uh, open about who he was. Uh, he, exactly. he was he was here. He was, and 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 that was. What really made the difference for you? Yes, his presence and his interest in me, and and uh, just yeah, he he, we met every day anyway. So mm -hmm. exactly, <laughs> and yeah, and and he had time uh, to share his life, and uh, I had time to just watch and observe him and just test mm. if yeah. what he's saying is real, and that really made a difference for me. Yeah, and I think that was my experience in the supermarket as well. You know that when I was there. That's what made all the whole difference. Um, yeah. You know, how does that look like for you today? How does it look for you to, to represent Jesus in your everyday life? I mean, obviously, uh, working in IVS, your workplace is, is probably full of Christians. But uh, <laughs> yes. But else from that, like in where you live and, uh, and among friends and stuff, how does it look for you and, and your family? Yeah, so um, for us as a family, we have uh, learned that it's really important for us to have a shared vision and shared values, shared goals, when it comes to how we, how God wants to see us, um, mm -hmm. which is not merely activities. It's more like a lifestyle, how we, how we live our life, how we plan our rhythms of life, how we, how we build friendships with people and being intentional about it. So mm. in, in a way, um, we're open to, to welcoming people who, Holy Spirit is already doing something in their lives uh, and we have to just recognize it. For example, in our family setting, it looks like that, uh, like this. We have, so we moved into this neighborhood where I'm right now for uh, almost a year now. And, uh, and we have connected with some neighbors very quickly. Um, and uh, there are some youth, some teenagers uh, who have connected with us thanks to the dog <laughs> because the dog is a fantastic <laughs> mission tool. So, Please buy nice dogs so people want to come to you. And then you're, you don't have to be sort of <laughs> being pushy of going to reaching out to people and crushing into their private zone. But they come mm -hmm. to you and really open and smiling. So that was a deal breaker for us. <laughs> uh, so the dog helped us to connect with the youth and the people around us. And so basically we just built connections and, and relationships through that. And also there's a guard, the maintenance man, who is... Every working day, he's sitting in this uh, little little cabin next to the gate of our, the territory where we live in, and uh, and he helps a lot to people here, just maintenance things and all that stuff. And we've connected with him very well, had some extended conversations, also about the Bible and Jesus. And he's become a friend of ours, yeah. and he's also on the journey uh, to getting mm. to know Christ. 
So yeah. when, when I go out of from house and uh, I need I need to leave, let's say at 12 o'clock, I leave 10 minutes before that. So in case this guy is around and he wants to talk, I have time for him. Um, and that's being intentional about relationship and being intentional about about mission. And not always we talk about Jesus or Bible or whatever, what can we pray for you? But, uh, but also those small talks about different things that we care uh, for him and that sometimes we bring a cake for him and my wife bakes something and, and just just to give joy so that's that's our mission and that's really relieving really amazing also with students that's that's personally also with students um, they're we're doing discipleship groups or huddles how you call it where we uh, meet together to challenge uh, people to respond to God's call for their own situations and one of the group is meeting at our home and uh, the way we organize the meeting is that first we uh we process uh, the content and we talk about the topics that's that's fine for the that week uh and afterwards we just share meal together at the dinner yeah. table we invite yes. them in our life we share our life we uh for example today we just picked up a, a letter they need to deliver to this one city that we're going today for resting and enjoying and we're helping them out just in everyday situations so we're mm. sharing life and they can they're invited into our life and they can see how we build our relationship with neighbors, how we, how we live out the mission we're called to in everyday yeah. life. And they, they just learn from us in that way. Beautiful. Um, so also, what I hear is yeah. that, you know, you're not just, you're not adding a lot of activities to your, to your everyday life. Like you're not adding mission activities, but you're no. basically just being aware of what is God doing in or in, you know, in with our neighbors, with a maintenance guy. Uh, yes. And you're just allowing others, uh, other Christians to see that. Yes, exactly. We're allowing other Christians to see that, to invite them in so they can join us. Um, there's some structured time when they can, they know they can join us and also unstructured that uh, there's some like, hey, what are you guys doing for this Saturday? Why, why don't you, do you want to hang out together or something like that? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens, sometimes not, but uh, yeah. we're not too stressed about it. It's not about activity, it's about relationship. And we know if they, yeah. if they say no, we don't lose the relationship. We still have it. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great. You know, um, one of the one of the slogans of Lausanne is is the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world, uh, which I love. Uh, and but then if you look at, at the research and statistics, uh, basically the, the whole church is not taking the gospel with them. Um, I think mm. a lot of Christians are are uh, basically not sharing the gospel. Uh, and I think often because you know how how, how am I supposed to do that? Not knowing. Um, knowing they should do it but not knowing how to do it uh and i know about you that you've you've really been involved with your church lately uh mm -hmm. helping them as well as as the students in ifes to do it uh, and you already mentioned a little bit about how you do it uh could you say a bit more about how how are you helping uh, others to get going so yeah so what we do we uh we form these basically discipleship groups as we call them um, and where we invite people to process um, everyday life and what God is speaking to us through everyday life situations um, and uh, so what what we're doing in the, in the church is uh, is that uh, I introduce people with these ideas that we're doing in in also IFS it comes from Mike Breen and 3dm ministries uh, if you have heard of it um, the basics of it and also stepping stones from the Netherlands uh, which is basically living a missional discipleship lifestyle uh, 
Um, that's the idea, that's the goal, that's the vision for everyone, that everyone's called for a mission. And, and when we start, we usually, I usually share that uh, everyone's called for a mission and people for, freak out and uh, I'm not a missionary, I'm not an evangelist. I'm like, <laughs> how am I supposed to do that? But then, then we usually share this one simple principle about people of peace, which, uh, which you can find in Luke 10 and other also places in the Bible that uh, when Jesus sends out the 72, he says, go, and then wherever you enter, say, peace be with you. And if there's a peace, person of peace there, your peace will stay with them. So basically it means that Holy Spirit has already prepared some people around you who are non-Christians who don't know Jesus, but he's already working in their hearts. They're really open to you. So, and he says they will receive you. Basically, they will be open. You, don't, you won't have to break into anyone's door. You won't have to just argue over their uh, whatever arguments they have. You, they will just receive you because they're ready. Holy Spirit has prepared them already for, for, uh, for the gospel and for meeting you. Yeah. And then Jesus says, stay with them. And then he says, don't go from door to door. Just don't go chaotically. Uh, listen to me and observe and you will recognize what I'm already doing. So this is what we're helping in our church as well, like just to recognize what God is already doing and join him into his mission. And the best way how to do that is invite people into, into our own life and into our own story saying, hey, this is how it looks for us. Uh, it might, might be different for your context, but it's the idea that we can hear from God and everyone is a part of it and God is already working in people around us is true for every single one. So, so basically people go from being freaked out to, to being more excited and it's like, phew, oh, I yes. can actually do this. Yeah. I can actually do this. Yes. Yeah. That's totally uh, what's happening. And, hmm. uh, and whenever I share this principle of, for people about people of peace, um, every single one, they can, they, they start thinking, I can see their eyes, like they raise their eyes, they look in the ceiling or in the sky, like, hmm. and it's like, you're probably thinking of two or three people in your life, right, right now? And they're like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. There, there are people Fantastic. already, and they're like, wow, I didn't even know that, oh, this is, so, oh, this is so exciting, like, yes, I can, there are some students who are inviting their friends to go for a bike ride, or just to go for a coffee, or for a movie, or just let's study together, and they end up just talking about life and Jesus for three hours instead of studying for exam, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not basically encouraging them to, yes, <laughs> you know, let the exams fly, whatever, talk about Jesus all the time, everywhere. Uh, yes, um, talk about Jesus is important, but also recognizing mm -hmm. that uh, it's not only about studies or exams. Yeah. And, and most of the students, actually, they realize that they have never had the thought that, wow, being me, me being in university actually is me being called in a mission. I yeah. thought this is just a place where I study and then I go to church and do my whatever activities. Yeah. But, uh, but that's not like that. God calls so us again, to. Yeah. Again, what I hear is that you're helping, you're helping them realize what I realized in a grocery shop. You know, yes. I'm not just here, just here to study. They're there to study, but they're also there to represent Jesus. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I think we'll uh, we'll sum it up from here. Uh, thank you very much, Ulvis. And then we'll let the words of John Stott, the second founder of uh, Lausanne, also spoken at the Congress in '74, and this podcast. It comes more natural to us to shout the gospel at people from a distance than to involve ourselves deeply in their lives, to think ourselves into their problems and into their culture, and to feel with them in their pains.